Engaging Leader, episode 152. Don't just lead, three ways to engage. Hey, engagers, this is Jesse. Today we're going to talk about three skills of Influence 3.0, but I wanted to let you know that in my free ebook, I provide eight tools that can help you with these skills. So if you'd like a deeper dive than what you hear today, check out the ebook. It's eight communication tools for leaders. Become a better leader in every area of life. You can find that in the show notes for today's episode, or you can find it at engagingleader.com forward slash book. Leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Now, if you've listened to Engaging Leader for a long time, you've, I'm sure, heard me say that in the 21st century, Those who are changing the world aren't just leaders, they're engagers. But what does that mean? And even if we know what it means, a lot of times it's easier, much easier said than done. Uh, It's very easy as leaders to fall into just worrying about getting things done and just trying to get others to do what's needed, just focusing on the day-to-day work uh, and putting out fires and just addressing whatever feels urgent in the moment. And that's going to happen sometimes. I mean, none of us are perfect. Even if we know what we should do as a leader, as an engaging leader, we don't always do it. But if that's how we operate most of the time, then we are not going to be achieving long-term success. In the 21st century, we're going to start falling behind in our own careers, but certainly in the performance of our overall organization. We're going to start seeing the best people leaving our team. We're going to start seeing the people who remain uh, are not going to be fully engaged, they are not going to be as effective as they could be and not enjoying their work as they could be. And we're just going to end up with mediocre results. Once upon a time, it was fine to just practice traditional management and even traditional leadership. But that was basically uh, before the internet age, before the new connected economy. And we see the best companies today have embraced that and are attracting the highest level of talent. And they're producing incredible results with fantastic innovation and creativity. And yet the results with the majority of organizations is pretty lackluster, both in terms of business results as in in terms of employee engagement. We still see uh, Gallup's research uh, every year, and not just from Gallup, but from others, is showing that only about 25% of employees are fully engaged. And the rest are either just sort of treading water uh, or more more likely they actually hate their job and they are actively sabotaging your efforts. So let's take a little bit of time here to just reflect that it's old school management and leaders that are focused on trying to get others to do what's needed. Engagers, that's what we need today, engagers create the conditions and cultivate a team that is fully energized to achieve the organization's purpose. Traditional managers and leaders see themselves as the magic, 
Engagers see the team as the magic. Traditional management, or what I call Influence 1.0, is all about recruiting and creating alignment and coaching and feedback and recognition and project planning and problem solving. That's, that's good, important thing, good, important skills to have. And traditional leadership, or what I call Influence 2.0, is, requires you to uh, think strategically, to make decisions, to cast a vision and inspire excitement about it, to set goals, and to design systems and structures to support those goals. That's also good stuff to do to an extent, although there's a little too much emphasis. If you're still concerned that you're the one that needs to create a vision and cast it, and you're the one that is coming up with the, the goals and so forth, um, then you're, you're definitely stuck back in command and control leadership, which is really more of a 20th century concept. It was, it, there was a time when that was uh, very successful in the business world, but that time is no longer. And lots of research shows that it no longer drives high performance over the long term. What's changing the world today is influence 3.0, or what I call engagership. So it's not management, not leadership, it's engagership. And in a team that's fully engaged in the business, people are both delivering the results that matter the most and enjoying the work they do. Now, we've talked a lot in the show about the principles that create full engagement, and I would encourage you to go back and check out episode number two, way back in the beginning, when I talked about the six C's of employee engagement, or it's uh, six, the title is Six Surefire Paths to Employee Engagement. Today, though, we're going to talk about the three key skills of engagers. That is to frame, to facilitate, and to focus. Now, to many people, the term engage sounds like a one-time action, getting people to pay attention for a while. But as we're going to see today, engagership is a much deeper ongoing process. And to other people, engage sounds like a narrow industry sort of jargony term about employees and their jobs, as in employee engagement. But engagership really actually has broader implications. It is um, not just about helping people be successful in their jobs. It also has to do with actually grabbing attention and inspiring people. And uh, it's more than just wor- at work. It has implications within your family and with customers and really to every area of life. So if you do this well, it actually makes you more effective in every area of life, it makes you more likely to have a positive influence or make a, make a positive impact in the world. First of all, frame. This is about engaging the head, capturing the person's attention and capturing their positive attitude. Every thought and interaction begins with a frame of mind. And the question is whether that frame is helpful. Unless someone intentionally creates it, the frame is often unfocused or worse, it could be negative. For example, our team at Asmodel Communications is currently helping a large employer with about 30,000 employees implement a new compensation program, new, new pay practices. Now, just imagine if uh, you're, you uh, walk into work and you hear that the bean counters up in the corporate 
are launching a new pay program. The especially depending on who you hear that from, that is probably going to sound come across as negative, even if there's no slant on it. Um, it's gonna you're gonna assume it's negative because number one, change is usually negative. People don't really want to change, and in particular, you just your natural inclination, I guess, is not to trust those uh, those bean counters in in compensation, and especially the if if you just hear about it through the grapevine that any person in your in your office could be the one that shares that information with you hey i heard that they're putting in a new pay program and so you're very likely to get a negative impression at first and so influence 3.0 it requires involves being a a first mover to set the frame or at least to reset an unhelpful frame to one that's help that is helpful. So we're, we want to engage their head, cap, catch their attention, and influence their attitude about whatever the topic is, whether that's a, a change program or our our organization's purpose or vision. And so we're going to do some simple things, like a lot of times we're going to develop a brand. We're going to figure out what what do we want the, this to mean to people. And what are the, the feelings that we want people to have? And how can we create that through the, the names that we give things, through the images, the look and feel of this, the types of stories we tell, the examples that we give, the spokesperson who's first going to talk about this? Are we going to let it just come out through the grapevine? Or do we want the CEO launching this message? And... So those are some things that you might do in a change program, but framing can be very simple. It can just be involved smiling at a person, depending on the situation. If you you know you you want to engage their heads in whatever the topic is, is at hand. If you're going to have a, a team meeting and you bring in your dozen people together, you start that meeting with a smile rather than just storming in and saying, "Hey, we got to get to work on something." So f- smiling is actually the simplest way to set a frame in a given situation. Or it might be asking a stimulating question, an actual learning question, not a leading question, one where you're genuinely curious about what people think. So there's lots involved in framing, and we can talk more about that another time. But the, the basic idea is that we want to engage their head, capture their attention and their attitude, and we want to do that in an intentional way, and that is called setting a frame. Number two is facilitate. And this is where we engage their heart. We want to inspire their passion and draw out the genius that everybody on our team has. Everybody has certain types of genius. And we want them contributing their genius to achieve the the purpose, our shared purpose. So we've already set a helpful frame. And so now we want to stimulate dialogue and we want to help People identify the mutual values and passions that we have. And to cultivate a collaborative definition of a a shared purpose and long-term plans. Okay, that sounds like a bunch of jargon and buzzwords, I guess. But it's the difference between just having a goal dumped on you. Hey, go get this done. Versus, think about if you've ever participated in a successful strategic planning session and 
that energy and excitement and sense of community you have as this group of people craft a vision and an action plan that they believe in. You may not have started with a complete blank slate. Maybe you already were handed down a some sort of uh, annual plans from corporate or you knew about a certain objective that needed to be achieved, but you still had a great deal of involvement in terms of what is this particular team's purpose? How are we going to contribute to achieving that greater good? If you think about some of the times when you've been in a session like that, whether it was a, let's say, an off-site retreat or uh, even just a one or two hour planning meeting, you may not remember any specifics about the facilitator who conducted that meeting, but you will definitely remember the feelings that you had as the team harnessed its collective genius. And this sort of gets to what I was saying where it's not really, if you're a true engager, you realize you're not really the magic. The team is the magic. And you're just trying to create the environment and the conversations that create the magic. You're a, a cultivator. You're not the sort of center of the world. And maybe you're not even the one that actually facilitates the, that type of strategic planning session. Maybe you bring in an outside facilitator. But you at least uh, recognize how to create that kind of situation. And you also know when to ask questions or just to listen and be quiet. When to clarify key messages and when to tell stories when to invite other people to tell their stories. We've also, I'm sure, been in meetings where it could have gotten really exciting, but then whoever was the named leader, the, the who, person in authority, started to just uh, do too much talking and run the whole meeting, I guess. Again, this isn't just a workplace issue. This happens in everyday life. In fact, just this past week, we had a situation in our family where one of my teenage kids, uh, my, my youngest son, and my wife were in a, in a, at odds with each other. And I happened to walk by, uh, which was not necessarily um, serendipitous for me. I happened to be walking by, and Aaron grabbed me and said, come over here and help. what do you think about this? And they both were sort of a click or two past the point of rational, calm discussion, and we're both pretty emotional and um, not speaking objectively and not listening to each other, not hearing each other. They were interrupting each other. And I, of course, facilitated a very calm, rational conversation and brought everyone to a harmonious position. Uh, actually, no, because I was in a, in a hurry with something else. <laughs> and so uh, I was basically a bull in a china shop and blundered right into a big mess. I did manage to catch myself and ask some questions and try to stop the interrupting and say, let's just listen to, let's hear this person out. Let's try, really try to hear what they're saying. And then I, I also just uh, brought it, I just said, we kind of need to just stop right now and let's get back together when everybody's calmed down a little bit. And uh, that uh, 
I, of course, if you're in the in the heat of the moment, you don't really want to hear someone tell you that. So that did not win me any brownie points there. But they did. It did stop the conversation, and they came back together later and and uh, worked it out just fine. <laughs> anyway, so this is about facilitating. And again, we're with frame. We engage the head. With facilitate, we're engaging the heart. We're, we don't. We want to capture the both the hearts and the minds of people. And so, facilitating is about capturing their passion and their genius toward this shared purpose. The third and final F of these three skills of engagership is focus. And this is really where we engage the hands. We we harness the their talent and energy from everybody on our team. And I see so many leaders, even if they're good at the first two, framing and facilitating, they blow it with focus because of two things. One, uh, we as leaders, we tend to be so forward thinking that we are always on to the next big thing. And we are quickly trying to plan in the future and we're not letting people actually focus on the work at hand and, and, and stay on the one thing long enough to actually achieve it. And secondly, um, which is quite a quite different issue, is we forget, we feel like if we said something once or twice that that's enough. And we forget that people actually need to hear the message over and over and over again. Uh, because for lots of reasons. One is people forget it. Two is we may have said it to one group, but we didn't say it to a, a different group. Three is that they're hearing mixed messages or conflicting information elsewhere. And so we need to say things to the point which we feel like we are causing people to roll their eyes. Ah, here it comes again. That's that's our fear. We don't want to do that. But that that is sort of, we need to say, be saying something consistently enough that that we are actually um, in danger, I guess, of doing that. And finding different ways to say it. We don't necessarily want to use the same words all the time or tell the same story over and over again. But um, but think about different ways to keep the focus on what we're doing. And it's not just our nature as leaders to blow this, but people's human nature, it, caught, it they're likely to lose focus as well. They're likely to get distracted and they're likely to forget the purpose altogether. So Influence 3.0 requires constantly and creatively reminding, realigning, and refocusing on the purpose, which, of course, part of that means we have to go back to framing and facilitating and helping the team continually shape this ongoing purpose. I remember a, a team that I was helping with, with their long-term vision, and Three years into it, there was a remarkable consistency in that vision compared to when we started, but it had evolved a bit, as you can imagine, and the team fully owned it. it so the ship had turned a little bit, but everybody stayed on board. It wasn't like one of the situations where the leader is changing course three times a week and changing everybody's priorities uh, nor was it the kind of thing where they had a strategic planning session, came up with a plan, and then put it in a drawer and forgot about it. It was clearly being lived consistently f- over the course of uh, three years. 
And in fact, I remember uh, I was very proud at one of the conversations, there was a discussion about the strategic vision. And one of the, pe- one of the people on the team pulled out a message that we had crafted about six months into it. And he actually carried that around with him every day as a, as a, it was so, he just found it inspiring, uh, an inspiring expression of what their vision was. And so he found it helpful to, to focus on, to pull that out from time to time. So we do want to maintain a consistent focus, but we don't necessarily, necessarily want to be inflexible. And it's important to think about this being a circular process. So we are framing, we're facilitating, we're focusing, and we're going right back to framing, facilitating, focusing. It's a, it's a long-term, ongoing process. So those are the three F skills of engagement, of being an engager, framing, facilitating, and focus. And again, I encourage you to go check, go listen to episode two in the Engaging Leader for six principles of engagement, the six C's. And if you haven't already listened to them, there's some other podcast episodes that'll help you out. Uh, Episode 65 is about Influence 3.0, upgrading from leadership to impact. 67 was about the three drivers of the new connected economy that are demanding the shift to Influence 3.0. And episode 69 is about the nine telltale signs of Influence 3.0. How do you know know if you're doing it right? We'll put links to all of those episodes in our show notes for this episode. And also on the show notes, you can see a link to my free ebook, or you can just go to engagingleader.com forward slash book. It's called Eight Communication Tools for Leaders, Become a Better Leader in Every Area of Life. And these eight tools will actually help you do a better job of framing facilitating, and focusing. You can get all those show notes at engagingleader.com forward slash 152, as in episode 152. All right, Engagers, that wraps up this episode. This is a production of Asmodale Communications, a consulting firm that specializes in workforce communications. My colleagues and I partner with midsize and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. In several areas, including talent management, workforce health engagement, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at AspendaleCommunications.com. Our thanks to Monica Harrison, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, Cecily Leahy, our web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, and you knew this was coming, in the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers. Thank you.